Good evening, Dr. Bikel. To say that it's been a busy month is an understatement in regards to everything that we've been working on as a district, as a team, across the state, in regards to what we what are we going to do come September. And I know that you shared with the Board of Education on Tuesday night our re-entry plan. So for to help our community have a better understanding and do a little Q&A here, I'm gonna have you go through our plan again and try to see if we can help alleviate some of those questions that, that our community have. So I'm gonna turn it over to you. Thank you, Mr. Gribble. Um, yes, it's been a very uh, busy month. Actually, it's been uh, really a lot longer than that. Um, our task force has really been together since the middle of May. Um, we've been working pretty hard to try to get a handle on what school would look like, um, take some data from the remote learning that we finished with at the end of last year, look at how we can enhance that and how we can provide a safer environment for face-to-face -face learning in the fall. Our task force has been uh, working very hard on this. It's been a rewarding experience because we've been able to really share some great ideas, analyze a lot of documents. We've looked at plans from other states prior to our governor releasing her plan. We provided a very good solid foundation and got to work building some um, possible plans in anticipation of what she was going to release. Uh, so when she released her plan on June 30th um, through Executive Order 2021-45, uh, we were in a very good position and well prepared to fine tune what we were going to uh, be able to put together. We knew that one of our, actually our highest priority was going to be the safety and well-being of our students. We wanted to make sure that if students are going to come back into our buildings, that we were going to provide the safest possible opportunity to prevent anyone from getting sick or become a carrier to get their families sick. So that was really the, um, our main premise. Secondarily to that was we value the importance of face-to-face -face instruction and finding a way to balance those two um, was really the, the challenge of, of this committee and this task force. Being educators, we, we know the importance of face-to-face -face instruction. It was very difficult for us uh, last trimester, uh, the way we ended last school year. So we wanna make sure that we put everything in place to make sure that we can have a very smooth school year and relieve all of our community's uh, fears to the best of our ability on what's going on. So when it comes to the plan itself, the governor's directed us that we have to have a plan depending on what phase we are as far as outbreaks for the Michigan Safe Start plan. Phases one, two, and three are all phases in which there is still high exposure, high risk, and in those instances, we will not have face-to-face -face instruction. Our buildings will be closed. This will be the same model that we finished with last year. There are going to be some differences in that model. If we are put in that position, one of the key differences is that everything counts. Last year, because it was basically a dress rehearsal, it was new to everyone, we needed to do the best we could to continue some kind of educational program for our students. This year, having had that practice, the expectation is going to be whether it is intermittent, long-term, or short-term, to make sure that all of that work is being able to, to count towards the student's growth, 
to help them achieve what they need to, keep their standards up, and will be part of their regular grade as if they were in school face to face. So we've been working and will continue to work via professional development for our staff to strengthen up those programs. So the challenge has been what happens when we are in a phase four or a phase five? Phase four means that face-to-face -face instruction is allowed, but there are a lot of safety protocols that must be followed in order to do that. Phase five is very similar, only some of those restrictions are lessened. We wanted to make sure that we're doing everything possible to keep our students safe. So when we developed our plan, anything that was a procedure or policy that was good for students in phase four, we also kept for phase five. So in the event that we go from phase four to phase five, we're not going to be changing any of our procedures. We're gonna continue with the higher level of um, requirements of cleanliness, hygiene, and social distancing that are uh, present in phase four. So to give a brief summary of what our instruction is going to look like, uh, for grades K through eight, we are going to provide full day, all day instruction. And even though I say full day, all day, we will probably not run the same hours as last year. We will guarantee that we will do a minimum of five hours of instruction in school time. We still have to work out some of those details, but we want to reduce exposure for our students and for our staff. So we are actually going to be lessening their day with students so that they can either prep at the beginning of the day or the end of the day. So we're going to have a more confined school day and we will continue to work out those details and communicate those to parents. In addition to that, so all of the classes that we're going to be offering, whenever the students are inside our buildings, and it's the same with the staff, they're going to have to follow all of the personal protection equipment protocols that are either highly recommended or required by the governor's plan. All of those will be in place. That includes wearing a face covering at all times, unless you are eating. You know, that is something that we're even going to require for our youngest students. We know that the kindergarten and first grade students um, are going to, are not going to be able to do this with as much proficiency as a high school student, but they definitely need to practice this skill in addition to all of the hygiene skills that are required for us to teach, enforce, and, um, and build into our daily procedures. The younger students will most likely be wearing a face shield instead of a face mask. We're going to be communicating to the parents what those shields will look like in case they want to, to bring one for their own child or provide it for their child. But those things are going to be required for everyone that is inside our buildings. All of the research that we are showing or being shown specify that if people are social distancing and they're wearing face masks or face shields, the spread of the virus is greatly reduced. That is something that we are going to take seriously. We are going to enforce um, for anyone that is inside our buildings. For our elementary K-5, we are also providing an option for families if they would choose to have a alternating day model. What that would look like is parents can choose like a Monday, Thursday, and alternating Wednesday model, or they can do a Tuesday, Friday, alternating Wednesday model. This further reduces the class size, it basically cuts them in half. The trade-off for that is that you have 
half of the instruction. So the, the mindset is with half of the instruction and half of the students, a more intense educational program can be provided. And that is to help reduce exposures for families that that is their preference, or they can uh, accommodate those things you know, at home. Knowing that the other half of that time, they're going to be at home with their child, helping them with their work, their homework, and everything else. It is not going to be a remote learning session like we had at the end of last year, to where there is going to be a Schoology conference or a Zoom or something like that. They will be assigned their own work and be expected to keep up with that. That option is not available for the middle school. And I want to go back for a minute back to social distancing. In addition to the personal protection equipment requirement that we're going to have inside and the additional cleaning protocols that we're going to build in, we are staging every classroom to where a so, uh, appropriate social distancing is available. We are doing a minimum of six feet between center of desk to center of desk to make sure that everyone is of appropriate distance. That will determine what our class sizes are, um, and that will be an expectation. Um, if for some reason we have a capacity higher than what a six feet social distancing will allow, uh, we will do everything we can to balance those classrooms or to communicate to parents that we have this situation and encourage them to take other options. So, and I know something that we've talked about as well, especially if you look at some of our, you go in the upper L, we're also talking about with those classrooms because traditionally we had some te students traveling from classroom to classroom, from teacher to teacher. I do believe the plan is the students are gonna stay within their cohort, they're gonna stay in that room, and the teachers are actually gonna be the traveling to help limit restrictions or limit exposure, am I correct? Uh, yes, actually that is something, and thank you for bringing that up. It's important to note that when the elementary children come into their classroom, they're pretty much staying in that classroom. The only time they're going to leave is um, if they have a recess or a gym class because um, they will have more space to, to be in the gym um, or to pick up their lunch. They're even going to eat their lunch in their class. So for those upper L classrooms where they traditionally switch, uh, it's actually going to be the teacher that's going to be traveling. The important thing is that that group of students, whatever that is, if it's 24, 21, 18, they're together all day, just them. They're not intermingling with other classes. This is something that we were very serious about reducing that exposure. It doesn't do us any good to do all of this work and then allow the kids to intermingle. So um, that is something that for the elementaries we're very, very uh, particular and cautious about and that's something that is, is going to be you know, followed through with. We're even doing that at the middle school, which is a little bit of a change for that group, but we're actually cohorting those groups to where They'll be in, assigned to a classroom, you know, be a sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and it will be the teachers that once again rotate. So the, the group, when they're together, they're pretty much together the entire time. This is going to be a bit of a transition, but we feel it is a necessary one because once again, the most important thing is to provide a safe environment. One of the things we repeatedly heard from, from teachers, staff, parents, and students is that they really missed being able to get back into the schools and have that face-to-face -face instruction with their teacher and some kind of face-to-face -face with their peers. Knowing how much we value that, we have to protect it as much as we can. We do that by reducing the exposure. So we're even going to have the middle school cohorted. 
not possible at the high school because by the time you get there, every schedule is kind of individual. Um, but we have other plans for that and I'll get into that next. So I think I've covered those age groups before I, in case I forget, I wanna make sure that everyone has the option of virtual learning. We've had a virtual academy in place. It's been up and running for over two years. It's a fine program. The best way to reduce total exposure is to take that, then go into the Riverview Virtual Academy and take all of the classes online. I'm encouraging that for the people that have the opportunity and the means and the um, support at home to be able to do that model, just because it is guaranteed to be the safest. We're doing the best we can to keep you know, the virus contained and eliminated as much as possible, but all we need to do is watch the news to see that uh, you know, that is something that is, is really not 100% guaranteed. So um, the virtual academy is really the safest option. When it comes to the high school plan, um, because the class sizes, the physical spaces are the smallest and obviously the students are the largest, the only way that we can do a safe face-to-face -face environment is really to cut those classes in half. And in order to do that, we have to cut down the class time in half to be able to balance. So this is typically how a college runs as well. Uh, so that's why I said, yeah, we're running a college model. When you get to college, you don't go to class every day. Twice a week, three times tops. The rest of the time, you go in there, you get your instruction, and then you're working independently on your work. That is how we're going to set that up. It gives us a great deal of flexibility at the high school because we have a lot of students that are enhanced dual enrolled. Dual enrolled, they go elsewhere for the career technical education courses. This allows us the best flexibility to really squeeze those things in and allow the students to, to continue on their program. A couple of other changes. Last year, the middle school, we ran seven hour instructional hours a day. We're reducing that to six. So the students will not have to take seven classes. They only need to take six. At the high school, we're going from six to five. Knowing that we have enough challenges this year, we wanna make sure that we are doing everything that is manageable for the students to be successful. And with that model, if a, if a student is academically prepared and can handle it, if they want to take that six class, RVA is available, a remote learning type model is available for them as well, correct? Yes, they can supplement their schedule with any um, online class. And there is a very large catalog of not only um, core classes, but also elective classes. So if that is something that they need for their individual program or something that they have an interest in, that availability will be there for them. So we put a lot of thought into providing a program that is going to be flexible, manageable, and provide the best educational program for our students. And that is really um, what we put out there.